Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, September 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Investors are betting that the U.S. presidential election will be a messy one. Scotland is planning a vote of its own, a second referendum to leave the U.K., and dozens of black former McDonald's franchisees are suing the fast food group. Plus, the U.S. dollar is weak, and it's having a major ripple effect on other currencies. We'll take a look at why the global economy is unlikely to benefit from the dollar's fall. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. As we've been noting on this show, global equities have generally been headed in one direction, up. But investors see a major source of volatility headed their way, the U.S. presidential election. The VIX index measures market volatility based on the S&P 500, and futures contracts in the VIX show that some traders are expecting big market swings in late October, early November. The presidential election is Tuesday, November 3rd. In case you're wondering, the VIX futures premiums around this election are way higher than they were in any of the last few presidential votes. And one portfolio manager expects that volatility to last after the election. Donald Trump said he has to see what happens when he was asked if he'll accept the results of the election. Meanwhile, Mr. Trump was in Kenosha, Wisconsin yesterday. The city has had protests since the police shooting last month of a black man, Jacob Blake. Here's Mr. Trump at a roundtable on community safety on Tuesday. Violent mobs demolished or damaged at least 25 businesses, burned down public buildings and threw bricks at police officers, which your police officers won't stand for. Just before the visit, Mr. Trump refused to condemn a 17-year-old white Trump supporter who was charged with homicide after two protesters were shot dead. Scotland is taking a new shot at breaking away from the United Kingdom. Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, revived plans yesterday for a second independence referendum. Ms. Sturgeon is the leader of the pro-independent Scottish National Party, and she had planned to start the process back in March when the pandemic hit. Scotland voted to stay in the UK in 2014 by a 55 to 45 percent margin. But the UK has had two prime ministers since then and the S&P has criticized Boris Johnson's approach to Brexit. They say he's dismissed Scotland's concerns. And a second referendum might have a chance of passing. Recent opinion polls suggest that, for the first time, a sustained majority of Scottish voters would back leaving the UK. Dozens of black former franchisees are suing McDonald's. They're accusing the fast food group of forcing them out of business. About 50 former franchisees filed a lawsuit in the state of Illinois yesterday. The plaintiffs say that McDonald's put black franchisees in high-crime locations that were destined to fail. They said the locations had low sales volumes and had high costs. They also said that they were held to higher inspection standards. And the suit said that this treatment resulted in the number of black franchisees to fall by half over the past 20 years. Fewer than 200 black franchised restaurants and a system of 39,000. McDonald's denied the allegations and said in a statement that it was confident that the facts would show how committed the company is to diversity and equal opportunity. And here's a story you should know more about. The dollar has been in decline since the start of June. It's a reversal from a long period of dollar strength when investors viewed the U.S. currency as a safe haven in troubled times. 
So what changed? What does this mean for currencies around the world? Here to discuss this with me is Chris Giles, the FT's economics editor. Thanks for joining us, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here, Mark. So Chris, what caused this reversal in the fortunes of the greenback? I think mostly it again, like everything at the moment, refers back to coronavirus in that at the start of the pandemic, people thought the US experience was better than Europe's in particular and much of Asia. But over time, the US ability to deal with coronavirus and its economy has deteriorated on an international scale. So while there is an uptick in cases in Europe, it's still considerably lower than that in the US. And the Europeans have also appeared to get their act together. And so there's essentially been a change in sentiment globally. You know, it's interesting, Chris, because I remember earlier in the year, U.S. President Donald Trump had been one of the people that was saying that the dollar was too strong. Why was he unhappy with the strong dollar? And has his position changed now that the dollar is weaker? For a long time, President Trump has been unhappy with the strong dollar, and this goes back way before the start of this year. And I think that's essentially because of the trade deficit. So he takes a very traditional view, or has done at least in the past year or so, so that his US exports can be more competitive and imports become less competitive. I think at the start of the pandemic, everyone rushed into dollars because the US was definitively seen as the safe haven place to put your money. But now that's changed. I think in a lot of ways, he won't be too concerned because, again, it will help the US trade position to rebalance a little bit. But that's not going to happen, quite frankly, in time for the US elections. The pound and the the euro have both risen on the back of the dollar's decline. Is this a good thing for European economies and, and for the UK? I don't think it's necessarily too much of a bad thing in the sense that the eurozone has had a trade and a current account surplus for some time, and particularly the northern European countries, in particular Germany and the Netherlands. And it's a good thing for the global economy to have a more balanced situation where you have more demand sucking in more imports from outside the eurozone as a whole. The same doesn't quite apply to sterling, but it sort of moves as a smaller currency in between the big swing of the dollar against the euro. Chris, as you mentioned, this is something that affects the global economy, but not all currencies have gained in value against the dollar. Why is this significant? It's really significant because there's a big split between developed market economies where Japan, Europe, UK, Swiss franc, etc. have gained against the dollar, but emerging market economies, the main ones, Brazil, Russia, Mexico, South Africa, India, have all fallen against the dollar. And that is reasonably difficult for many emerging economies because lots of corporate debt is denominated in dollars, and so they will find their companies are under even more difficulties in repaying that debt or servicing that debt than they already found. So actually a strong dollar against emerging economies is often quite a difficult policy or difficult set of circumstances for emerging economies to deal with. What about the renminbi and how does the dollar decline play into the trade war between the US and China specifically? Well, Mark, the dollar decline hasn't been huge against the renminbi. So in some sense, it doesn't play in that much. But I think you can say the following because everyone's looking at this in light of the US election coming up in November 
that when Donald Trump said he would sort out the bilateral trade deficit with China in his term in office, that really just simply hasn't happened. A lower dollar might help the bilateral trade deficit with China because it will increase the cost of imported Chinese goods and make American goods slightly more competitive in Beijing. But the movements haven't been sufficiently large to think that's going to be a very large effect. And the tariffs themselves on Chinese goods and on American goods going into China have actually just damaged trade for both economies rather than boosting any one of those two very large economies against each other. Chris Giles is the FT's economics editor. And before we go, Apple and Google have teamed up to create a new coronavirus contact tracing tool. It'll sense and register when phones get close to one another. Then you'll get a notification if someone you came in contact with caught the virus. No app needed. Smartphone users will get notified that they have the function when they upgrade their software. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.